Insane Transformation Podcast. Because after a 10 hour day, who doesn't want to listen to an innovation consultant tell you how to run your business? All right. Hello and welcome to the podcast. So, we're going to try a new activity today, I think. What, what I want to do is, I'm going to do, I'm going to actually record the video for this. I, I've had uh, quite a few people ask if I can do this as a video. And I've sort of hesitated just because of the extra production time that it adds. I'm very much about being agile and trying to get the content out relatively quickly. That's why I don't work to a massive production schedule. I don't sit and create a bunch of notes for the podcasts. I just sort of talk to my experience and my knowledge. And anyway, I, I haven't done the videos just because of that extra element of effort that is required. But I will give it a go because you know, I've had a number of people ask. So what I'll do is I'll still have the audio version, which many of you will probably be listening to right now. And then I'll put another version with the actual video onto MikeIrossi.com. And there'll be a link to the YouTube channel there. Otherwise, you can just go to MikeIrossi on YouTube and you can see the YouTube videos there. So I'll put that in there. But when, when I'm recording this, I'll, I won't necessarily be showing all the visuals so that you have to see the video to make sense of the podcast. I'll basically have it hanging out in the background. So it just helps give another visual element, but you're not going to miss too much if you don't see the visuals. We'll try it out and we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll do one episode like this. Maybe I'll do 10. Maybe I'll, I'll just do them like this from here on out, but we'll have a play and we'll see how we go. So today's episode is really on something that I just have not wanted to get into for various reasons. And this is what's happening with COVID. And it's not so much the COVID situation itself, but from my perspective and my expertise, it's about the process, the service that we use to administer testing, how we're getting folks from the community to come in and actually consume those tests and complete those tests. And I've really steered well clear of this. I think now, however, though, it's probably time to just share my thoughts and opinions on this because you would think that there's a period of time, there's a, there's a teething period where when a new process gets created, we make mistakes, we fall over, and that, that's totally normal. But the expectation is that there's an iteration that happens where you take whatever the original process was and you improve it, right? You iteratively improve that process, that design, that service, whatever. And unfortunately, it's just not happening almost at all. I mean, we, we can look at the current situation where we're asking folks, and I'll just take the New South Wales example. So this is for my for my brothers and sisters in America and in Europe and Asia. This is probably 
I, I can't speak to how the testing is done over there. So this probably won't, or may, may resonate with you, but it probably won't resonate as much as with our, our, our Australian, Australian listeners. So situation in New South Wales is we've had this recent flare up, you know, and, and this is the Delta variant. And we're asking folks within one of the communities, 100% of folks that live in that community to go out and get tested and for them to get tested every three days while we're in lockdown, while we're trying to get this under control, which, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to give any criticism or thought on that. But what I will talk about is the design of the process for, for administering those tests. What, 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 do you, what do you think is reasonable for, what's a reasonable amount of time for a 65-year-old woman to sit in her car and, and wait for a test? What, what, what's a reasonable amount of time? Is it an hour? Two, two hours? Three hours, maybe? What's a reasonable amount of time to have her sit in her car and not have access to a toilet, to not have any water to drink, to not be able to eat or take her medication, which is on a strict medication schedule because she's got some underlying health issues. What's reasonable? And then not just reasonable, but what, what, is, what would you think would be a considerate amount of time to expect to have this person wait in their car. I think part of the problem is the folks that are the folks that are pushing the requirement to those members of the community to go out and get tests. Many of those folks, maybe none of those folks have actually got into their car and driven down to the testing center and waited. Some have, sure. But some get special treatment because of their position. And of course, their, their status and where they're at. But I'm curious. I mean, I wonder how many have actually gone through that. Now, in my case here in Canberra, when I went through the testing, I had to wait five hours. And I'll talk about my experience there. And I'll talk about I'm, I'm assuming it's got to be very, very similar to the folks here in New South Wales that are sitting there for seven hours or six hours or whatever it is. But I'll talk about my experience and then I want to talk about how we take steps to improving this. Because honestly, it couldn't be any easier to improve. I, I mean, it's as easy as making a cup of coffee and then thinking about how to improve the way we make a cup of coffee. It's literally that hard. When you look at the design and you look at the way the process is being run, it's almost as if no one has ever even thought about making an improvement, let alone made an attempt. Okay, because if you've brought in, take a Lean Six Sigma person, you know, take a service design gal, take any one of these professionals, just take a, just a business... BA that can make that can map out a process. If you'd brought, I'm willing to wager any of these folks in for, I don't know, a two hour workshop and then let them go out and have a couple iterations, have a couple goes at the design. I'm willing to bet it would be 
anywhere from a two and a half to a three X increase in throughput three times pretty, pretty easily without doing, I mean, you wouldn't even really have to think actually, you, you could just sit down in a, in a workshop, you could sketch this out and then you can put it in place. But anyway, that's what we're going to talk about today. All right. All right. So let's just keep looking at this. Now I, when I went and did my test, I jotted down some times. Sorry, just give me a second to pull these times up. So I jotted down some times, and here here are the times that I came up with. So so what I was what I was looking at when I did this was I was looking at how much time it took for each car to go through. So so there was. There was actually two rows of cars, okay, and one one car would be let out uh, at a time, and so I was looking at the flow of these cars, and I started just keeping, uh, just I was basically using a timer on my phone, and I just started to keep a, a running tally of the average time for each car to come through the system, okay, to basically be spit out because I could see. Where, where I came in, I could actually see the exit point for the testing facility. So I just took a few times, like four minutes and 30 seconds, six minutes and four seconds, four minutes and 21 seconds, five minutes and 17 seconds, 519, 238, and four minutes and 21 seconds. So I don't know, this looks like probably an average of, I'm not going to do the actual average, but uh, 425... Six, that's one, three. I'd say, that let's just call this an average of four minutes. Okay, it's close enough. It might be a little bit different, but let's say there's an average of four minutes. Okay? So you've designed a service that will produce one test or allow for one test every four minutes, right? That's the, the pulse, right? That's your throughput. All right, so, or your rate anyway. So let's let's think about this for a second. We'll just take a simple number. If we take, say, 100 cars times four, uh, yeah, 100 cars times four minutes. So that's going to be 400 divided by what do we want to say? 60. Okay, 60 minutes. So what so what we should be getting is if we've got 100 cars coming through our process, okay, and each car is taking four minutes, right, to get through. And we multiply those out, and we divide by 60 minutes. What we should see is we should see that those 100 cars are going to get through in just over six and a half hours, six hours and 45 minutes. Okay, so you, you can work out pretty quickly if you actually had someone standing there about how long you're going to be in the queue, right? So you, you know that when you get to a certain point, that from this point going forward, it's going to take you two hours or five hours or whatever. Okay. Very simple things. I mean, we do this at theme parks all the time, don't we? And yet when I went through the testing, and again, I'm assuming it's probably very, very similar to what's happening in Fairfield. I'm just going to, I'm going to guess I might be wrong. I'd love, I would really love to hear from anybody who went through that testing facility in Fairfield. I think it was Fairfield who went through that, that testing facility and what your actual experience was. But when I went through, I spent three and a half hours 
queued up on the street, right? So I'm just sitting outside on the street, and I had no idea how long it was going to take from where I was until I actually got into the testing facility, okay? So I, I jumped in the car at, you know, I don't know, 8.30 in the morning. I was thinking I was over there by 8.40 or something, and I thought I was getting there early. And when I, when I got to the test, when I got to the line for the testing facility, I was just sitting there. I didn't have any water, um, had no idea how long it was going to take. And I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there. There was nobody there to communicate the length of time. There were no restrooms anywhere to be seen. Obviously, people aren't walking around giving out bottles of water. Had I known that I was going to sit there for five hours, I don't know, I probably would have brought a bottle of water, as I would think that most people would. Or you might even get someone else to drive you so that you can get out of the car and go to the restroom. But what if you're by yourself? You can't do that. So what do you do? Do you, do you leave the line and say, I'm going to come back and I'm going to test a little bit later? I don't know. So I sat there pretty uncomfortable for about three and a half hours. And then I finally got up to this sort of little checkpoint, right? And when I got to the checkpoint, what I found was the, you know, you sort of, you see the checkpoint, you think you're inside. Well, you're not inside because then what happens when you get to the checkpoint is this, there's a sort of zigzag action and all the cars are zigzagging around the parking lot, which again, I think is the most standard approach. At the checkpoint though, they actually did have some bathrooms, which is good. But what did that mean? Well, it meant that you had to get out of your car, leave the car parked in that little zigzag space, and you had to run over to the toilet, use the toilet, and then come back. But again, still no water, nothing like that. Now, when I was sitting there, this is at the point where I had gone inside the little zigzag compound. When I got to that point, I saw, I want to say maybe six, at least five, but maybe six folks get out of their cars and just absolutely lose it. One woman literally had a panic attack. She actually got out of her car in tears, you know, not screaming, but crying, but you know, visibly upset. And she just said, I cannot do this any longer. I cannot keep doing this. So she gets out of her car visibly upset she ended up not actually going to test. They moved the cones and allowed this woman to leave. Several other people got out of the car complaining, frustrated, you know, elderly people. So you've got this situation where people have no idea. You know, we talk about visibility, control, and support in some of the other podcasts, right? In terms of visibility, people have no idea how long they're going to be sitting there, what they're going to be doing, whether there's a restroom, what the expectations are. There's no controls in place, right? We don't have any guardrails around the process. And people are really uncomfortable, right? Because they don't know, like, well, I could, I could hold, if I had to go to the bathroom, I could hold that for a half hour if I knew it was a half hour. But can you hold it for five hours if you don't know it's going to be five hours? Probably not, right? And then what about support? You know, this is the other thing. Support is where we have the right people out there helping us to get through the process. We can ask questions. We can get information. You know, can I, can I jump on an app or a website and, and look at this particular testing facility 
and get some sense, maybe by a map or a diagram, of how long I'm going to be sitting in this area, how long it's going to take me to get from X, you know, to Y. Can I get some sense of that, right? Or can I just simply ring up and talk to say someone say, hey, I'm at the, te- the testing facility. Um, you know, can I get some water? I'm in a, a blue sedan. Here's my license plate. You know, should I come out of my car? Should I park my car here? You know, what do I do? Right? So if people have some sense of the visibility, the control and support, they can at least have a better understanding, you know, of where they're going to go into this process. So anyway, I'm sitting there, I watch half a dozen folks come out of their cars, getting really frustrated. I see physical anxiety. Uh, At one point, I think, I don't know if this woman passed out, but I think she was getting lightheaded. So they actually sent a medic to the car. I mean, they later just pulled her over in the shade. That's another thing. You know, there's no shade here, right? So if it's, if it's a hot day, these folks are sitting in their cars. Not every person has air conditioning, right? It's pretty presumptuous of us to think that everybody's going to sit in their car and leave the car running with the air con on for five hours. Some, people's, some people don't have the best running cars, and they can't leave their car running. Or their car might overheat, right? And they don't want to run the air con. So they put the windows down, but it's still hot. And they're breathing in exhaust fumes. And you can say, well, yeah, shut your car off. Okay, fine. Take take the same argument. So we ask people to shut the car off. And they turn the car off. And it's getting hot. And again, they have the windows down and it's getting hot. All right? So I think... The, the, the big thing that I want to talk about today is about if we're going to get in and we're going to start for the very first time thinking about how to design this testing process, I think what it needs to begin with, first cab off the rank, is we want the powers that be to go in and sit in their car, drive over to the testing facility, and the good news is because it's because everyone's getting tested every three days, you can do this right now. You know, you can go for the experience. Sure, even if you've been tested, I think it's going to be a good experience for you. And you can perform what we call, um, you can perform something called a dilo. What's a dilo? A dilo is a day in the life of, right? And in a day in the life of is one of the best ways for folks to get out and experience the problems. So day in the life of right? So you get in your car and you actually drive over to the testing facility. And this is the best way for you to understand how well the process is working, how well the process isn't working, what the opportunities for improvement are, if there are any. And you can sit there and you can experience this for yourself, okay? So this is where I would begin. I would start with a dilo. And I would say, If you are someone that is asking folks in the community to go sit and get a COVID test, then the very first thing that you need to do is you need to go get in your car and sit and get a COVID test and experience your own process. Experience the process that you have allowed to grow out of throwing folks and people and technology and things together to create this process. Then after we go and do that dilo, I think the very next thing to do is to actually sit down and think about what do we want to do for improvement here? What's important? What things were coming to your mind? You know, what ideas were coming in your head? 
coming into your head as you were sort of sitting there, right, doing this dialogue? Did you think about water? Did you think about restrooms? Did you think about visibility, control, and support? Did you want to know how long you would be sitting in your car for? Did you have to make some extra, I don't know, change for your employer? Did you have to call your employer and say, hey, listen, I can't come in today. Now, granted, you may not be coming in because you're in lockdown, but virtually you might be signing in. So did you have to take some extra steps there? Could you have, I don't know, brought your laptop? Would you have brought your laptop if you use one? Would you put it on the seat? Would you have thought about that? What about food? You know, is that important to you? Would it have been nice if, you know, someone was walking around taking coffee orders? Now, again, yeah, you're, you're got, you have people that are potentially COVID positive, and we want to limit exposure, of course. But we also want to encourage community members to get tested. So if we go and we ask folks to get tested and we make it the worst possible experience that we can imagine, then the rates of testing is probably going to go down, right? Or you're going to get more members of the community really pushing back and fighting and arguing about what's happening. Okay, so first thing, we do our dialogue. Second thing, we have a think about all of the things that are important to us and that we would want to see in that process. Okay, what's the third thing? Third thing, you know what I'd probably do? I'd probably just get in some process design folks. Okay, bring in some process design folks, bring in a couple of Lean Six Sigma gals or just, you know, BAs or whoever, just someone to have a look at this process, right? So they're going to look at this process. I'm trying to draw some glasses here on the thing. (laughs) I always talk about this is the worst pair of glasses I've ever drawn in my life. Actually, they look like olives. So anyway... (laughs) That's good. That's real good. I'm not going to change those. So anyway, um, in the other videos I talk about, I did, I just did a episode, a podcast episode on sketching and I'm like, yeah, you know, my sketches are getting pretty good, but now you see, well, I didn't say they're getting good. I said it. I think I'm getting more compliments, but now you see exactly what you're up against here. And this is what I was talking about when I said, if you do a sketch in front of somebody and your sketch is the worst possible sketch People are so comfortable to pick up the pen and paper from you and actually draw a better sketch. So I've got a picture of process design and some glasses and they look like, I don't know, olives or something. But anyway, the glasses are looking over at the process design. So anyway, sorry, we get some process design folks in and we actually ask them to think about this process a little bit. And I I wouldn't go crazy here. You don't need to go crazy. I would say start with you know, a one and a half hour workshop. It's pretty simple. Bring the bring the designers in there, get a couple of the testers in there, get a couple of the support staff in there, and get a couple community members in there. And just have a very, very simple co-design workshop. And then you know what I would do next? I would actually just do a very simple test and learn, right? So you've got some low fidelity prototype. You've got some sample process that you design Because you're doing this every day, go out in the community and start using it. Start using it in the testing facility. Make a change to one of the lanes. If you've got two lanes going, make a change to one of the lanes. So run that test and learn. And then pretty simple, iterate, iterate, iterate. Okay. And then you're going to find that there's going to be things that you want to sustain. 
And then you're going to find that there's going to be things that you want to improve. And then just rinse and repeat. Okay? It's not hard stuff. And literally, I mean, literally, you, in the course of probably two or three days, you could design something, you could test it, you could make multiple iterations, and in three days, you could probably increase throughput, like I, like I said, easily by two and a half to three times, I would think. So when, when I go back to my experience, and again, that's how I would approach it. When I go back to my experience, and I think about those timings, what was actually happening was, and I think about the layout of this, there were, there was one person that was sitting there sort of taking details, and this person didn't know how to type. This person was like chicken pecking on the keyboard. So this person was taking details, right? You know, what are your details? You know, and this is like verifying your your name, I don't know, your contact information, details, whatever I'm spelling here, um, your details, your contact information. And then, so that person records your information. Remember what I said the, 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 the beat was, you know, every four minutes, boom, boom, boom. So it takes one minute to take my details, okay? Now just think about this in your mind for a second. She, caught, she records my details. It takes one minute. Now she's sitting here doing nothing for three minutes. Literally sitting there doing nothing for three minutes. Not moving to the next car. Not moving two cars down. She's sitting there idle for three minutes. So then my car, so then I pull forward. I pull forward to the next person. And the next person comes over and does a second check for my details. Okay, great. So now you've got person number two, right? And this person is also just basically, hi, how are you? This is what you were going to do and blah, 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 blah. And then that person's idle. Okay. And then it finally gets to the person that's doing the actual test. Okay. And that person that's doing the actual test, she's in the full PPE gear. The other people just had a face mask. And again, it might be different for your testing facility. So the person that walks over to do the test, she comes over, and now here's the cool thing. Well, it's not cool. It's the opposite of cool, but here's the thing. She comes over, and she doesn't have all, she's got a, there's a trolley sitting off to the side, but she doesn't have all the material that she needs there, like the swabs and the containers and all that. She actually has to walk over to a container or something. I don't know. She walked behind my field of view to get more items to stock her own trolley so that then she could administer the test. And again, she administers the test, drops it in the capsule or the bag or whatever it was, and then she collects it and, you know, you sign off on it and you do all that. But she's doing all of that. So she's administering the test. She was actually 100% utilized, 100% running around doing the tests, talking to people, having to explain other stuff. This is what we're going to do getting the equipment and the supplies, loading up her own trolley and moving your trolley around. And then you've got two other folks that are probably at 25% utilization. But that doesn't seem like a very good design to me. Right? And then what about when these people go on breaks? How are we managing that? Right? Things like that. But you know, it's just very simple. It would be very, very simple for you to have the folks that are capturing the details to actually move down the line a bit and capture details for five or six cars. And then they can come back and they can do a replan. And again, the replan doesn't have to be hard. You can have some signage there on the cart and a little home on the cart that tells you what you need, where it goes, and what the quantity is. So that person, that little runner, 
Again, if you just want to use the same person. So that person that's getting the details is also acting as a runner and they're keeping that cart full. And again, if you're worried about exposure, put them in full PPE. Okay. But anyway, this whole process can be improved at least by, you know, 70, 80%. I mean, no, no problem. If, if it takes you one minute to get a test, then the average beat should be one minute. Really, that, that's what it should be. You should be churning out a car every one minute, not every four minutes, not every five minutes, okay? And again, there's, there's questions about, well, we've got all these constraints. We've got shortages of people that can actually administer the test. But again, we're not talking that about a situation where COVID just hit yesterday. We're talking about the fact that we are 18 months into this situation, number one. And number two, we made a decision to ask an entire community to come in and get a test every three days. Right, so we knew what was happening because we've been in and out of lockdown in this in this particular area for the last what four weeks, five or six weeks. All right, mobilize, activate those folks. You should have some lead indicators on the on the amount of the number of folks, the quantity of the folks that are trained that are within a geographical location to administer tests. You should have some lead indicators on the number of tests we have available. We should have some lead indicators on the performance for testing, okay? So look, again, I, I, I've not wanted to get into this situation with COVID testing for a long time for a number of reasons, but I think now it's a matter of we've got to get the folks that are making the call on what needs to happen, and we've got to get those folks to actually go out, get in their cars, and perform a dilo, right? Day in the life of. Get in your car and sit there for seven hours and experience it. And then I've said this before, and I'm not joking. I will do this for free for you. I will come down for four hours. And I'm sure there are a lot of people are that will do this pro bono. A lot of people that would do this pro bono for you. Okay, and they will help out because we just want to improve the situation for the for the poor folks that have to sit in their cars and go through this. Okay, so there are folks that will do this and it doesn't cost anything. Okay, leverage the pro bono. Get some designers in there. Get some people in there to help design this. But it all starts with the dialo, right? To say that, yeah, well, we've just got to be patient. To say, oh, you know what? Well, this is just the way it is. We're sorry for the inconvenience. That's not good enough. Not now. It might have been good enough when we were learning and we were figuring this out, but not a year and a half later. It's not good enough anymore. So, you know, this is something that a lot of design folks advocate going out and experiencing it for yourself, walking it for yourself, experiencing the drama, the pain, the emotion that you feel. It starts getting us into this mindset of, you know, design thinking, human-centered design. You know, what are, we, what are we thinking about for the individual here? But it starts with you going out and experiencing it, okay? And anyway, I hope this helps. I hope this, and I, I genuinely, I'm not having a go at anybody. I'm actually saying, there's a way through this. There's a way to the other side. And the way to the other side is firstly to go out and experience it. And then ask yourself, do you want to make some improvements? And if you do want to make some changes, what are those changes? Make a list and then get some folks in there to help you design it or redesign it. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. Any iterations that we make over the course of a week or two weeks are going to be better than that steady state, that base case that we started with. Okay. Anyway, look, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast, and I, I sincerely hope that we get some improvement for testing because I, I really think that it's inconsiderate and it's not fair 
to expect folks from the community to go and sit in their car for four, five, six, seven hours at a time. It's just not reasonable. And until we actually make that safe space or create the space for these people where it's safe and it's comfortable, we just cannot continue to ask people to have to endure that. Um, And saying that that's just the way it is and I'm sorry and there's going to be a bit of an inconvenience, frankly, that's just not good enough. Um, not, Not in this day and age, not now, a year and a half into this COVID situation. Anyway, hope all's well. Keep innovating and we'll see you soon.